Welcome to Lamestream here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. My name is Steve Cavendish. You can follow me on Twitter at Scavendish. And if you like this podcast that you are listening to in your ear holes right now, you can rate it, you can review it, you can subscribe to it, you can smash the subscribe button, but more importantly, just tell one person. Tell two if you want to, but tell at least one person that you I think, I listen think a, to Lamestream Sports. I think us scaling back to just the one person instead of hundreds of people. It's a low a, ask. Is a more yeah, it's a more reasonable ask for ask. us. Please just tell one person. We have been growing and more of you are listening. So we we love you for that and we appreciate it. Um, so just tell one more person that um, you know, you can nerd out on Nashville media and gossip if you want to come here because we do have a little gossip on the show today. Chris Childers, of course, a man of many, many, many words, much like myself, a guy that I've known for a very, very, very long time, one of my closest friends in the business, but a college football and radio expert. A lot of fun stuff with him, some storytelling um, back in the days of Rivals.com, the evolution of radio with Sirius XM and sort of where it fits in in sort of the the science of radio and all that great stuff. So a lot of great stuff with Chris Childers coming up uh, here for uh, on the show today. We will get to some news about broadcast rights for college football as that is unfolding before our very eyes in both the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and what does that mean for the SEC? We'll touch on that a little bit later on. Uh, of course, we'll touch on the Grand Prix as well. Some of our thoughts. You, We both had very interesting experiences this weekend downtown. We'll explain a little bit here before the interview. But first, Steve Cavendish, the Lamestream Sports Podcast is brought to you by Jaspers. Always brought to you by the fine folks at Jaspers. So what season, Steve, is about to get started? What what see what sport is about? To, it's not a trick question. What what sport is about to get started? It, it's rabbit season, duck season, <laughs> fiddler be crab season. It's fiddler crab season. Be very, shoot be the fiddler we, crab. Be very very quiet. <laughs> we're Sorry. hunting. We're hunting for terrorists. Sorry, um, Some, somebody went on a Looney Tunes binge uh, on YouTube <laughs> the other day, and I quoted. Uh, and of course, that was a Robin Williams quote. R.I.P. Um, no, it is it, the answer we were looking for. Survey says football season. Football season is coming, and Jaspers has you covered for all of your tailgates, your watch parties, all kinds of stuff. They've got a great new menu. We will tell you more about that a little bit later on in the show, but jaspers.restaurant, go check it out. Uh, of course, take some photos of all the great food, free parking, great game room, great place to go watch a game, but now they are bringing the next evolution of the sports bar to your house, office, and or party. They will take care of you, so check it out. Uh, we'll post all the links, but again, jaspers.restaurant, they've got a new family style catering menu uh they'll deliver it pick up or delivery it's fantastic go check it out so the next evolution of the sports bar continues to evolve and continues to serve you the nashville sports fan amazing and spectacular food go to jaspers everybody okay um real quickly the grand prix then we'll get to chris childers and then we'll talk some tv rights for college football but steve it's uh, the, the one thing they it pulled a 3.0 here in nashville there's some circumstances there because it goes from cnbc back to nbc back to cnbc yeah it got it got dumped it got dumped to cnbc and that's never good for ratings i mean no, not so the, yeah I mean, a little a little bit more than thirty thousand tv households which is again like i don't know that that's lower than the worst college se tennessee college football game that's like the thursday at augusta that that is a kentucky regular season basketball that is game. a titans rounding error <laughs> that that is one that's not even one quarter of action for a Titans game. Um, so, again, the numbers are down, but there's some circumstances there. I just I think the observation I'd like to make and see what because because you watched it and I was down there with the four year old and she loved it, had a blast. It is 
fantastic to go watch rocket ships go past you at 200 miles an hour. And yes, every four-year-old loves that. <laughs> it's an easy win if you're a, a dad or a mom. Um, but the difference between the, the television experience for, for fans and the in-person experience is extraordinary because it is a very technical race. 40% of the two races that have been run have been run under caution. They had uh, just as many, almost as many cautions this time as last time. The two winners of the two races have have had like 12, 12 total stops, I think, into the pits. There's a ton of strategy. There's a you can't ever tell who's passing where. When you are at the tr- the race itself, there's no PA system. There's not a lot of big boards for you to see from your seats what's going on around the track. So you're sort of just enjoying the machinery going past you at at a certain decibel level and a certain speed, which is super super fun and worth it. But it's very, very difficult to track the actual strategy of what's taking place in the race, whereas it feels like, Steve, the television experience is vastly different for viewers. Well, what's interesting to me is that it seems like that if you are interested in the race and the strategy of the race and and look, I, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a six year old kid at heart, too. I, I love to see fast cars going roaring past me. OK, it's really fun. We were we were out there Saturday night for a show at Ascend. It had gotten pushed. The Grand Am race had gotten pushed late, so we we walked up because the because the back of the course the course backs up to ascend, and so before we went in for the show, we were we were sitting there watching the Grand Am race in in one of those corners, and you know you can't really tell much from the race, but you know wow, it's really neat to see these cor- these cars just go roaring by you and you know feel kind of the sound and the uh, and, and just the, the speed of it all, but because it's so. Because there's there's so much of this race strategy that happens under caution and under and under things that 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 the average person on the course can't tell. This is a much better television race than it is yeah. an, an in person event. Uh, and you know that's not to you know that's not to whatever for the guys putting on the event. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people went down there and have fun. But if you care about the race and the strategy and the and the racing yep. that goes yep. on it's it, a television it, 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 it's a much better it's a much better television experience and and in part is because and we've talked about this before you know the the technology has gotten so much better about between you know in race cams and kind of positioning and kind of like you know dynamic leaderboards and you know helicopter and drone shots that are that are bringing you this great racing action it is a fantastic television experience. It, well, it and, is, and the it backdrop is so good. The backdrop is very is I hate I shouldn't say it's very spectacular. I shouldn't say very unique because that's redundant, but the backdrop is unique. The, the 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 bridge, the the stadium, the city, all that stuff. But again, to your I was, point, I was talking with somebody about that. You know, the the the, the, the building that you saw the most in those in those aerial shots was the new Four Seasons. It's just, it's not yet completed, but it's this kind of big glass tower. It's like right in the like right in the shot as as you're as you're going out over the bridge, uh, and we were trying to calculate like how much somebody could have made if they just hung a sign <laughs> off the side of the Four Seasons. Not that the Four Seasons would ever do that, but but you know there there is a uh, there is still a WeWork sign up there on downtown Nashville. I'm not, I'm not really sure. <laughs> there is. I'm not really is. sure what that one's doing up there. Um, no, you're right. You could just hang a banner right there, and and I believe that would also qualify as the glass and steelification. To quote our last episode, J.R. Lind of of the, of the city of Nashville. But it's also because the race is so spread out, and they have not yet figured out how to convey strategic information to the audience on the ground yet like 
They don't have a PA system because, frankly, it's almost not logistically possible. They don't have big enough boards, so you can't really see. And here's the other thing. One of the best vantage points last year on the track was turned into like luxury suites this year. So where GA people could go stand last year, which is right before they go up the bridge for the first time coming out of the pits. That was one of the primo spots to go stand last year as a GA member. When I walked over there to <laughs> with with my daughter, I was like, oh, we're going to get a good spot here. And there was like a giant, massive luxury tent with like, you know, balconies and, you know, like, you know, bouncers and all kinds of swanky stuff. And I'm like, oh, of course, that's primo real estate. Of course, you sell that to the highest, highest bidder. But I, I talked to somebody who was in one of those tents uh, and they said, they said, yeah, it was spectacular. <laughs> said, said it, was right, the, right. it was the best way to see a race. Right. Because in that, they said, what it, a great spot. I was like, yeah, yeah that was yeah. the best spot last year. Yeah, it was for those of us who paid the fewest amount of dollars to go. Um, no, it's it's a like, again, I, I love to go and I took my four year old because my four year old doesn't understand, you know, two tires and four tires and fuel strategy and. She doesn't understand rotations on the wing. Like she doesn't get any of that crap. So like she just wants to see the rocket ship go past her, which is which is fine because that's all I wanted to. You know, that's all I'm trying to accomplish. But what it does is it makes me doubt whether or not I want to go as a fan. Like we we literally waited till the very last minute. We saw the rain clear out. and We're like, all right, let's head down there. And I went with a, a buddy who also has a four year old. Who And like it, it honestly, we were sitting looking at each other like, man, we know we're going to get way more value watching this at home. And like, do we really want to take the kid? You know, like that whole conversation is what happened as a consumer for us. We eventually went and did it. Glad we did it. I've never missed one so far, Steve. <laughs> so, so congratulations I, I, on back-to-back races. Yeah, it, but it's but it is it honestly like if you if you are a fan of the sport, it it is better to be at home. Unfortunately, so they've got to figure that out. We'll see. We'll move on. Uh, we'll talk about broadcast rights for the Big Ten. Uh, the SEC, ESPN, CBS, NBC, how that's all working right now with the Pac-12. We'll do some of that later on in the pod. But uh, a couple of couple of gr- I've got a couple of great recommendations here at the end too. Ooh, so. back to recommendations. We haven't had recommendations in a while, so not in a couple of weeks. So Rec- recommendations, a couple of really good ones. A couple of really good recommendations because normally his are terrible, but a couple of good ones today. So we promise. Uh, and of course, uh, we'll talk some some TV rights for college football fans. But uh, enough of that. Wonderful conversation with a uh, really smart radio guy, really smart college football guy, and a good friend of mine. This is our conversation with SiriusXM Full Ride host, Chris Childers. Chris Childers, thank you for joining us. How are you, sir? I am fantastic. It's good to be here with you, boys. How are you? We are good. Chris? Yes, sir. (laughs) Hello? Hello? How did it all get started? Fun story. I wanted to do this for a long time. I I wanted to do media since I was a little kid. I was in sixth grade at Hawthorne Middle School in Vernon Hills, Illinois, outside of Chicago. And they had auditions for like a little public access TV show they had at the junior high. And it went on like Channel 4 in Vernon Hills in the Lake County area. And... I auditioned for the sports part of it and you got to do whatever you want. So I named my, I got the segment with my friend, Dan, who's still one of my best friends, Dan Cameron. And uh, we did a show called the Irish review. So it was a little 10, 15 minute segment on Notre Dame football that we did in the fall for Notre Dame and uh, had a lot of fun with it. And I sounded like this high squealed little, female thing that was like on TV, but about what I loved, which was college football. And then we eventually started talking about the bears and other stuff. And my mom 
somehow some way was able to get us access to the bears locker room in lake forest at their training facility so i started doing media in middle school and junior high went to high school was the guy who was the head of the tv club and did um broadcasting of football games and basketball games that were also on the local access tv and then went to college at middle Tennessee State um, from the Chicagoland area, which was a massive cultural jump to no. go from Chicagoland to Murfreesboro. <laughs> Murfreesboro. <laughs> there was a language barrier. There was. It was like we were all speaking English, but various versions of it. <laughs> and I said the word, the word time, like what time is it? Okay. So I don't know how it would come out when I was first from Chicago. But they always thought I was asking where Tom was. <laughs> and I was like, no, what time is it? And because uh, Tom was this guy that was in our fraternity that like, so that I'm like, no, 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 no. So it was like a language barrier going on. Went to middle, did all kinds of stuff, like worked on the women's basketball broadcast, did PA for baseball, um, volleyball, stuff like that. Then out of college, my friend Ben, Howell was hired to be the first producer of Rivals Radio. He was like 30-something at the time and still in college and kind of doing both. So I got hired to work on the video side of things at Rivals.com, doing like recruiting videos and stuff like that, like working in the back room. I was also doing part-time on the radio side. So I was two days a week. Ben was still in school. So two days a week, I was running the board for the show that just started with Bill King. on. on it was uh, serious at the time. It was before the merger with XM. So that was my first professional real world experience. And I think about a month into that, I went to the radio side full time and then started working with Ben. Um, and then when Ben left, we hired Brayden. And Braden and I worked together there. And so Rivals Radio, I think it lasted, uh, gosh, I'm not sure, like 2005 to, I don't even know. I've been with Sirius XM for a while. The cool thing was I was doing nights at Sirius XM after getting hired when the whole Yahoo Rivals Radio thing dissolved. I was doing like crazy shifts. I was working at like 2 a.m., 3 a.m., uh, at one point, they had cut my evening show, so I was doing every weekend shift, which was like work the um, Saturday morning show, Sunday night show, uh, Saturday night show, like all of them. Like literally every show I was on for two days. It was nuts. But just trying to get airtime, trying to get paid, trying to work, and then it eventually led me to working with Rick Neuheisel and doing full ride like I do right now. So um, I, I, I did screw this up a bit. I should have asked that question. Let Steve ask the question about having to work with me, which we'll get yes. to in a, which we'll get to in a second. Um, but because I do want to know, at what age were you singing the Notre Dame fight song to Chris Zordich in the Bears locker room? That I think I was eleven. We were doing it was the Eagle Vision show that I just referenced. It was the public access TV show, and there's evidence. There's video video yeah. evidence of this taking place. Mom was a waitress at Patesta's Pizza in Vernon Hills, and the Abramowitzes would come in all the time. Um, Danny and Claudia. Danny was the special teams coach for the Bears. Uh, his wife, coincidentally, passed away this past week. So may she rest in peace. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful woman. Um, Claudia Abramowitz. But um, 
Danny was terrific and he knew that I wanted to do TV work and, and that kind of stuff. So he invited us, he invited me to bring my little crew of people um, to the Bears locker room. And to like, I'm 11 years old. I'm in the lake. This is in the middle of the season. And I actually do believe they had just come off a Packers game, another loss, of course. <laughs> And they were getting ready to play the Niners. So, but they were they were decent. Like they weren't yeah. bad, bad. They were like wild card good. Danny got us in and set up a whole thing. And so we got to go interview Dave Wanstad in his office, like these you know three eleven year olds sitting there <laughs> talking to coach. And then Danny asked us if there was any favorite players, and I said, "Well, I love Chris Orch because I'm a big Notre Dame fan, and he was." kind of the epitome of everything I wanted to be undersized and just, you know, good guy did a lot for the homeless came from nothing. Just an overall guy that I think was somebody you could look up to in Chicagoland. Got to talk to him and it ended with us singing the Notre Dame fight song. <laughs> and I sound like a, you know, high pitched Mar girl, Mar like Mar Margo price, Dolly. Parton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like just, and, and like, cheer, cheer for, and no, there's Zora <laughs> next, you know, and, and uh, like, it really sounds like that. My voice did like, uh. cheer, cheer for another. Um, that was 11 years old. And awesome. I think to this day, it was maybe the most excited I've ever been around <laughs> human Any, beings. Like it was really, it might've been, <laughs> Until weekends ago, I would say it was probably the most excited I've ever been. Up until two weekends ago? Yeah. Because so, your, da your daughter, I think, is like eight. So there's probably another day in there about eight years ago that you probably should mention well, as well. <laughs> but she, this is a daughter-related thing. She, okay. I told you she was doing Les Mis, and she played young Cosette, and I was really excited. Like, I was nervous as hell, and I had nothing to do on stage at all. And I'm like sitting in the crowd before the show and I'm like pacing and I'm like, oh my God, like I'm nervous. It was a weird feeling, but I was so excited. You've never seen a man or woman or anybody cry harder and longer. Pure joy. Just watching their child on stage with a bunch of like kids that are twice her age that are 17 and 18 and 19 years old that are getting ready to go to college that are just graduating high school. It was all like I lost it. But besides that, I think being next to Zorich was <laughs> was right there. It was right there. Both 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 with higher pitched girls' voices uh yeah. in, in the uh in the exactly. starting role. So so I think that so I, I think the question Braden is alluding to is how bad was he when you started? We were both bad. I mean, we both came in with high hopes. Um, I think we both really wanted to do this and both loved college football and really wanted to pursue this as a profession. So I think in that regard, we had that in common. There's a lot of people that worked with us that would be shocked that we are friends. <laughs> um, my my sister-in-law is amazed that you and I get along because she references one specific incident all the time. Every my sister-in-law Ashley Russell worked with us at rivals.com and there was one day she remembers it really well that she was back there with us and she was recording some sort of liners or promos or something like that. She was doing like the Yahoo video and the Rivals video and all that kind of stuff. And Brain and I, I don't know what the hell it was about, but we got into it over something. 
And I think my words were, were, I'm going to use the wall and take your face, use it like a cheese grater. And she loves, <laughs> she loves, she loves to reference that. Like, you know, every you know, not an unfamiliar loves... feeling. I, 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 can, <laughs> hey, I can hear you guys talking here. I'm in, the, I'm in the meeting. I'm here on the interview. She loves that story. A lot of piss and vinegar back then working together. I think we really wanted to know, or we really wanted to do this for a living, but had no idea what we were doing we, at all. Like, no clue. To, to quote Sturgill Simpson, we were two puffed up cockheads. That's what we were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that would be a really good way to put it, but not really knowing what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. Trying to navigate it, trying to arrogant. And I, I don't know. It was, it was a really, it was a good time. It was fun as hell because the cool thing about Rivals was like that still i'm trying to remember the time frame but rivals radio was just kind of left alone it wasn't like all these people were worried about was their website and making money and clearly building a product to sell to somebody to make millions and millions which the same guy's done three times it's incredible like running, it really isn't running the same play man running the same yeah play. i mean literally he's got one play but he runs it he's like mike leach he runs it really well <laughs> <laughs> it's quite it's quite phenomenal and he gets the same people to come work for him for a couple of years and then lose their job it's incredible to me we all pissed off and upset i i like have nightmares about that man <laughs> what? Do. All, right. all right all right okay chris so just hang on a second for those that don't know shannon terry of course and a collection of people uh, here in Nashville, launched Rivals. Uh, he then sold it to Yahoo. Then they launched 24-7 Sports, sold it to CBS. Then he's launched on three, uh, which is now like the newest form of the exact same thing. Uh, so now that people know, like, <laughs> why, do you, why do you hate Shannon Terry so much? Oh, it's not that I hate him. I mean, I think he's a brilliant businessman and he's been fabulous at, at becoming a millionaire and, and having a great life. I never felt respected by him. I like to be liked by people. I'm one of those people that want to please people. And he was like the highest of bosses. The guy right underneath him was a champion of mine. Bobby Burton was certainly an ally. But Shannon to me was very good old boy, very Southern. Uh, I came from Chicago and I just didn't fit. I didn't play a high level of football. I wasn't whatever. I didn't fit that mold of whatever that little good old boys network was that hung out and I think at 22 and living in Nashville and, and I just wanted to feel like I belonged in that company, especially when there was a group of people that hung out on the weekends and, you know, played golf or whatever they did. I never Dro was drove part to, of that. Drove to Tunica on a Tuesday night with yeah, certain exactly. employees. <laughs> exactly. And I never um, accepted, respected, appreciated by him. And I think for some reason it's, uh, I've hung on to it. It's it's almost like a father complex. Like the let it go, the dude. Dad, I I I'm trying to, and I've gone through therapy over it because there was a time. I swear not. To, I, I swear to you, there was a time recently, and this happened after my dad's heart attack and after my friend's dad passed away. So I was kind of in a nutty place, and like really nutty place. But there was a time that every night I dreamt that he fired me and told me I wasn't good enough. <laughs> He would just say the words to me, you're not good enough. And I had that reoccurring dream every single night about me. Just, it's just gotten better. Just imagine if he actually fired you like he I, fired I, me. <laughs> I can't. And 
a lot tougher mentally than I am because I don't know if I could have. Yeah. Well, first of all, that is very nice of you to say. And listen, I will admit you definitely need therapy for a lot of reasons, but that is not one of them. You are great at your job. You are, you are brilliant. You are brilliant. You know, you are brilliant at what you do. And we're going to spend time talking about full ride and how, how you have sort of refined the science of radio for college football fans across the country. And I think you deserve credit for that. And so just enough with that crap, just put that stuff out of your mind. And, um, but here is one, one thing that I think it's important. He's a a brilliant businessman. Yeah, there's no give him credit. He's great. No question about that. So rivals rivals radio was the first ever national college football radio show in this country. And we worked on it as producers and you as a host and me sort of in different roles. And we took it from when we both started there. And when I got there in July of 05, you'd been there for a few months. We took it from 10 hours a week to 23 hours a week. And I, we had coach Ed Orgeron and Hugh Free show up in matching leather jackets and come yeah. into the office. And I'm still so proud of the work that, that everyone did to take that show from 10 hours to 23 hours. How different was that product than what radio is like today? Completely. I mean, that product that you and I worked on was as bare bones as it gets. I mean, first of all, it was before the merger. So there wasn't a lot of money involved for anybody. So this was like, hey, rivals, want to do a two hour radio show and then hire the guys that are you know working for you to host it. And it was just really hodgepodge. There wasn't a lot going on. If you remember kind of had to do everything we had to be engineer we had to be producer we had to like there was nobody there if things broke to fix it <laughs> there was nobody like at a radio station there's always there's an engineer that's always on board that's you know there we essentially had this radio studio set up at the rivals.com headquarters in brentwood tennessee and it was, it was a great studio it had a nice little yeah, you walked was. into the lobby and it was right there and it was beautiful and it and it looked over the whole office complex i mean it was great built that was it it was left the people that worked on it there was three people me you and bill and bill didn't have anything to do bill king didn't have anything to do with the technical side so if things broke we had to try to fix it we had to like there was no it was as bare bones my wife would always joke that if i didn't want to work i just wouldn't i just like there were days i would just be like i don't want to work i just want to sleep in and i it we would play like a replay it would be like Rivals Radio Replay. Like We would just text each other and be like, screw it. We're not working today. It didn't make any money. I mean, made like $22,500 the first couple of years. I think it eventually got up to thirty five after $22,500 for a long time. thirty five was pretty incredible, which is amazing when you think back on your life and how you had fun with no money. But we did. And we probably had more fun then than we do now. Um, and probably had more money to spend then than we do now. That's a that's a children thing. That's a yeah, it is. Yeah. It is absolutely a children thing. Um, but it's evolved. I mean, the satellite radio thing is so bizarre because I'm not even in the same room with somebody. I sit in my office that I'm in right now that you see. Uh, Coach Newheisel is it's like he's in Arizona during the, well, not even in the summer. He's there sometimes. It's it's kind of his home, but then he goes to New York for. Um, months during the fall for the cbs thing that he does i think during the course of this summer i've worked with him he's been in he's been in nashville for like five seconds uh he was in charlotte Atlanta, bend oregon i mean all like he's never home fort worth texas i think for a couple of days 
most of it right now is centered around uh, his son, Joe, and the amateur golf tour and everything. But he's kind of here, there, and everywhere. So instead of like you behind a pane of glass and me behind a pane of glass at my desk and Bill King is on the other side with the microphones, I'm sitting at my desk in Nashville. Rick is in whatever corner of the world he's in. And then we have two producers, uh, Allie and Jimmy, that are in a room that I've never seen. I've seen it on Zoom, but I've never actually physically been in the room uh, that my show is produced out of. If that gives you an idea. How many of, years? How many years have you been working for SiriusXM doing this show on this channel? Well, with that group, it's been since 05. And then since the merger, when did it merge? Well, at least 10 years, right? I mean, it's yeah. been. So you've been doing satellite at least radio. 10 years. Yeah. Out of ten... that one studio for 10 years and I've never seen it. I was close, though. <laughs> DC given the option to go to the office, but it seemed like a pain in the ass. <laughs> like I was going to the White House to go to the Easter egg roll. Ooh. Nice, awesome, fun name, but it was, it was so cool, even though it was it was sleeting during the Easter egg roll and like 30 degrees, but really cool. But the office is like right over there. It's right around the corner. And that's what they tell me. Uh, like not like right by the you have to it's like a couple of train stops down yeah it, it's not far it's over by npr i think yeah but they said it was a massive pain in the ass we had to go through like security and i'm just like just take another picture i'll look at it on zoom <laughs> it's fine but i got close i did get close to seeing the office once <laughs> how do you build chemistry on the radio when you've never been in the same room with your co-host a time i mean it's just time working with rick the funny thing is, like, they want us to do Zoom. They they sort of require it now for SiriusXM, but we don't. Um, not that we're rebels or, like, just, we don't. Rick won't do it, first of all. He just has no, he's 65 or 60, whatever, 61. And he just doesn't even try or care to learn technology. And, like, Zoom is just not going to happen. So we gave up on that a long time ago. But it's really not necessary. I think over time... You just develop, you understand how somebody talks. You understand, typically, if you notice, and I think if you were to listen to somebody, going back to my love of Howard Stern, he'll have like Dana Carvey and people like that on who do imitations. I think if you listen to somebody enough, you'll kind of understand how they talk, how they deliver their information, the cadences that they use, the mannerisms, you know, things like that. With Rick, it took about a year. I think about really understood when he was going to get ready to stop. And I, I knew, and you know this, Braden, from having done shows with him, he sometimes will just go. And there can be times you try to get in on him, but he won't stop. So now we've talked over each other, right? And now it's like, stop talking over coach. Well, he's been talking for five minutes. I'm trying to interject. But once you just learn to let it go, and then I think once Rick learned to shut up a little bit, like it, it took a year but it, it now we don't need to be in the same room we don't need to see each other on zoom to feel like we're in the same room together but that doesn't happen right away that and that and you have to be comfortable with somebody i i think what works with us we're incredibly different people but we like each other so it's like cool like our political views completely different our social gatherings completely different are like everything about us our houses 
His is nice. Mine's okay. Like it's just a completely different <laughs> way of living. <laughs> we like each other, and you know it works. Lamestream Sports is a podcast about sports media and business in Nashville. It's hosted by Steve Cavendish of the Nashville Banner, and it is brought to you by Jaspers. It is brought to you by Jaspers. Braden? Hmm. Yes, sir. What if I told you this sounds like a 30 for 30 promo. <laughs> what if I told you that the next evolution of the sports bar no longer required the sports bar? Oh, man. That's, that's some deep stuff right there. What if I told you <laughs> that the great food of the sports bar came to you? What what if I told you the Kentucky offense no longer needed a quarterback? <laughs> That's a deep cut for those who understand who Lynn Bowden is. Um, okay, I'm int- I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I have questions. I, I I'd like to know what you mean by Jasper's, a wonderful place to go eat on West End with free parking and a great game room and wonderful great experience. Menu. Unbelievable. Great experience. It is it is the next evolution of the sports bar. But what what pray tell what are we talking about here? Well. As we mentioned at the top of the show, it is football season. Oh. And football season means tailgate season. Mm. And what's better at tailgate season than great food? Find folks at Jasper's ready for your tailgate needs. Give your next special event menu a glow up with our brand new catering options. Choose from elevated party foods like wings, sliders, and get this, Steve Cavendish. A fajita bar. Hello, a fajita bar delivered to your tailgate? Tell me in life, Steve Cavendish, tell me in life a situation where a fajita would be bad. Fajita makes every situation better. Every situation. Aside from driving your vehicle. If, for instance, you have to watch a Vanderbilt football game this year, (laughs) what could be better than fajitas before that game? I'm just like breakfast, lunch, dinner, hot outside, cold outside, situ like on the beach, in the stands, at a tailgate. Like just tell me the only time I could think of a fajita being bad is driving your car. I feel like that's not a good drive eat. Like you can't eat a fajita bar in your car. Uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a two-handed experience. <laughs> Some something's gonna fall out. It, it's not it, it you you you'd have to like individual you'd like have to build them and wrap them and whatever else, and that kind of defeats the purpose, but no, I think you don't, could be sitting. Don't, at, don't drive in fajita, people. I think you could be sitting in 110 degree heat at Bonnaroo, and still a fajita bar would be good. I still think it would be delicious. Be fantastic. It would make it would make the situation better because you're sitting there thinking, "I'm sweating my balls off at this at this mm. outdoor event that I'm really too old to be doing." <laughs> what would what would be what would make this better? Fajitas. Fajitas would make this better. Uh, their family-style menu features a variety of elevated bar fare, including salads, sliders, wings, house-made desserts, all available for pickup or delivery for groups of eight plus. You can go check out the menu online, of course. Um, you got the party pack that'll feed ten to twelve people for one hundred and sixty bucks. Ten to twelve people for one hundred and sixty bucks. That's that's a pretty good value right there. That's a very good uh, value. Um, again, all kinds of really good stuff on there, and they will deliver it to your. Like, if, again, you just want an office party, you want a watch party, you want a tailgate, doesn't matter. They'll deliver it to you. 
Uh, and they've got a whole lot of great stuff on that menu. Trust me. They got the queso. They got the fajita bar. They got the sliders. They got the pulled pork. They got the turkey wraps. They got Creole pasta by the pound, Steve. By the pound. They got desserts. They got cookies. They got drinks. I don't know what else you want from the next evolution of the sports bar. So go to Jasper's. So, and Braden alluded to this. Uh, there's there, there's a there's a science to radio. We've talked about this that on the show before, but there's a there's a difference between. I mean, there's a difference between that execution on, say, a terrestrial feed with that with high commercials and 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 kind of pieces to it versus being on satellite, and and the rhythms of it are different. How do you tell people about the? the difference between those those rhythms because i think that's a i think that's an important thing and, and why tell me if i'm wrong here but my impression is that the listening experience is so much different on on satellite than it is that than it is on you know if i if i flip on my radio in my car i would think for decent subscribers that's true because you're going to get the truckers you're going to get the long road trip people that aren't flipping through the channel on their old dial like you used to do with with the uh, fm and am um so i think you're going to get those I, I think I would describe Sirius XM as somewhere in between a hybrid of the podcast world and yep. FMAM radio. That's exactly I, I think it's right. It's somewhere kind of in that in that group because like for me, it is not out of the norm. And the bosses don't like it and they've said things about it, but they've just kind of at this point just joke about it and raise their hands and let it go. <laughs> but it's not out of the norm for Rick and I to go 25 minutes in the first segment and just blow out a big chunk of the hour. And then I think as long they've kind of drilled it to us, as long as it's five minutes or more, it's okay for the other segments. It's not like hard assed. We're breaking it at, you know, 1130 and we're going to be off the air for five minutes. And this is like that. And we're not really paying attention. I'll put it this way. The minute that I get fired from Sirius XM and that'll be the way that I leave because I'm never going to quit there, can me someday, that's going to be it. Because I'm not, I don't want to do radio. I don't want to go, maybe the podcast world, and, and but, but like the radio ratings and meters, I, as somebody with anxiety, I would go insane. Like there's no way in hell. Because right now, really what they tell us, and I don't know what's true or not, bosses tell me it's that it's the ear test. So as long as they're happy, as long as we have subscribers, and as long as they're listening to the show and they like it and they think it sounds good, I have a job. Terrestrial radio is completely different. The breaks, I mean, I know Braden was having to sell his own ads. The terrestrial radio station, he's having to meet with people that's not happening at XM. That is handled like the salespeople will take care of it. You you read something. We don't get the same sort of deals that like I, I think there's many endorsements on the FM right. side. We just get a read and it's a part of our salary. So it's not like we have any relationship at all with the company. Um, we might get a free product. You know, I might get a Nest thermostat once in a blue moon or something like that. But that's it. The business of radio are completely removed. The creativity, the do what you want to do, be yourself within limits. I really don't hear very often from my bosses unless I just do something really stupid. And most times when the phone rings, I already know what they're calling about because I know that I did something stupid. I know that I said something 
or stupidly responded to somebody on Twitter, whatever it was that I did, I already know. And then I'm like, well, here's the call. Good. And just not like cussing on the highway. Like cussing. Well, that was a great story into itself that I will tell if you'd like me to. No, I, I want to, uh, you could tell that in a second, but I, yeah, cause that was you, a good one. So there's two, there's two questions to sort of pivot off what you're talking about. And I'm, I'm curious yeah. because you, you still have some of the topic tree formulaic biggest yes. stories, yes. never be too far away from your biggest topic. Mm-hmm. You're just executing it in a very different way. So that's, that's number one. Yeah. But, but the other thing that I noticed, cause I spent the first 10, uh, 11 years of my career in the quote unquote national college football media with, with, at, with, the, with these companies. And then when I did the first ever local show, one of the things I enjoyed about it was actually getting to interact with people that listen. And like, that is one of the things that is different about where your job versus the local show is that, that you still have to execute the topics correctly. You can, the science mm-hmm. changes a little bit, but you still have to do that. But then you have to actually, you get to actually in person face to face, see the people that you are involved with on a day-to-day radio basis. I don't know how I would handle that either. Um, <laughs> like I, I, I think in my heart, enjoy the anonymity of I've maybe been recognized five times in my life. Um, and I think twice by the same person in Brentwood, uh, once at a Chick-fil-A and once at a Costco. But um, but neither time is, it, it was it was ne- it was Shannon Terry neither time correct neither neither time <laughs> and the, the best part about Costco is I was screaming at my kid and uh, I was dressed in like sweatpants and a ratty ripped up shirt and I was like she was yeah she was doing just like standing in the card and I'm and he's like just wanted to say love the show love, love you and coach I'm like thanks um <laughs> always says that people always come up to him and ask him about the show and ask him about me so I. I like the fact that I'm not on a billboard. I like that I don't have to be in a crowd. I actually get, I, I know it sounds weird, but I get um, really nervous public speaking. Um, I used to avoid high school assemblies when I was the president of the TV club. I used to like ditch it so I didn't have to talk to everybody. And the guy would get pissed because I just, like, I shake like a leaf. I just can't do it. But for whatever reason, on satellite radio, when I can't see anybody and I'm sitting at home, it's fine. Like, it, I, it, I don't know. There's a lot of psychology going on here, but um, that would be really cool to be able to have that like community feel. But at the same time, I think it'd be wrapped into what do I do to make them happy? The ratings element of it. What are, like, I, I don't, sure. I, I don't know. Like, I think that would drive me nuts. All right. Well now, now tell us a story about how you put, <laughs> push the, push the wrong buttons in the highway studio, which is, yeah. which is the number two rated channel behind Howard, right? On Sirius XM. It's the highway. It Howard be, Stern. It might actually be one. I'm no clue what the numbers are and they've never said anything to us, but there was a report and I, it wasn't a report. It was the former CEO of the company. Why am I blanking on his name? Jim Meyer. Jim Meyer was asked what people listen to the most. And he said the highway. So the validity to that, I, I don't know. That one night I was going to do my radio show. And I, this was before I did the um, slot that I'm in now. So I was doing a show called Coast to Coast. And it was... Um, what time was it on? Like six to nine or something like that. I know you filled in. I don't know. Times, and I don't know why I was, times. I don't even know why I was there either. Like, I'm not even sure why I was there. <laughs> I don't know what I don't either, but, 
there was some basketball game that was preempting my show. So I was going on later. And Stormy Warren, who does the, the highway in the mornings at the time, was doing the afternoon drive slot. And it wasn't out of the norm for him to leave the board hot and leave early. Like he'd record a couple of things and then stack them up in the thing and then let it play and, you know, maybe go home a half hour early, hour early. It was certainly wasn't something that was out of the norm. Um, at least then it became policy. He could not do that any longer <laughs> after what I did, but um, that was the norm. And, and I, you know, a lot of people, you know, do that and they'll, they'll load their tracks and you know, et cetera. So a lot of, a lot of that stuff you hear on the radio's tape. So he did that, ready to come in for my show. I see his studio open and I, oh, you know, like his studio is way nicer than the one next door. So if it was open, I would take it. Yep. And so I saw it sitting there and I'm like, oh, cool. Stormy's gone. And so I sat there and took it. And as you remember, we'd have to punch up our board to connect to DC. So I hit the couple of buttons that I needed to hit to get to DC. By doing that, Stormy show off the air it's just me it's just a microphone and the highway is and this is like afternoon drive time and it's the highway and this is in the middle and i took lady annabellum off the air and this was in the middle of lady annabellum was like need you now grammy awards and like they're super hot at the time super popular and um can i use fall language yes when i describe please. this okay cool please i was just making sure so um Dan calls me and he realizes I'm not on the air. He realized like there's you know, what what's going on. He's like, what? he said, why the fuck aren't you on? Now I have the phone up to my ear and the microphone is right next to my phone. So you can hear clear as day me pick up and say, Hey man, what's going on? And he's like, why the fuck aren't you on the air? And I was like, Oh, it's this fucking basketball game. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and then for some reason I could hear the lady Annabellum song in cue. I took it off the air, but it was playing through the computer and he could hear the song. And he's like, what is that? And I was like, oh, it's Lady Annabellum. And he's like, they're fucking horrible. And I'm like, they're the worst. They're fucking <laughs> trash. And I'm saying this on the main country music channel. And so I don't remember when or how or what. There was a moment I looked down at the board and I realized, I think I'm on the radio. I don't know why, but I remember hitting the button and then the song came back on over the loudspeaker and I got a little like, oh man, what just happened? Like, I wasn't sure. And then Brain will know this lady. There was a, a woman that worked in the office named Joyce, who, depending on what day you got her, was just fine or not the most pleasant person in the world. Comes storming in there. And she's like, did you just say the F word in here? And I wasn't even sure. Like, I'm like, probably. Like, it's how I talk all the time. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I was just sitting here and talking to my friend. And she's like, so it got on the radio. Then it became a whole thing. It was crazy. I had to go on the air right after that. I think you came in to do a show. I don't know what was going on. I know. I'm trying to remember why. But I remember sitting there freaking out during the breaks, being like, oh, boy. And then the guy who ran the channel came in. Uh, John something or other was his name. And he's like, don't worry, this too shall pass. And I'm like freaking out. I go home, go to bed. The next morning I wake up and I, I kid you not, there was 
30 missed calls from Matt Fishman. 30 of them. I, I saw it. Like, which, it is, which, is your bo- which is your boss. He was of my the, boss. Of yeah. the channel, yeah. My boss at the channel at the time. And I usually, because I was working late, so I was sleeping, and I, it was before I had a child, so I was sleeping till like 10. So like 7 o'clock, 10 calls. 8 o'clock, 10 calls. 9 o'clock, 10 calls. 30 missed calls. I finally wake up and I'm like, oh, yeah, like my heart just everything sank. Well, somebody emailed Mel Karmazin. There was a listener of the highway that had emailed Mel Karmazin, who is the CEO of the company, of the whole company, to complain about this. So now it was on Mel's desk. And I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> you know, like this is, um, and I think about a month before, was when I was hired by them, you know, away from Yahoo, uh, after the Yahoo thing dissolved. So I'm just like, you idiot. Like, you just fucked the whole thing up. You screwed up your, you know, like, this is ridiculous. Called me and said, well, figure out what happened. Tell me what happened. And so I told him, and he's like, well, one of three things are either going to happen today. A, nothing. B, you're going to get suspended. Or C, you're going to get fired. And I have no idea which one, and it's out of my hand. And I said, okay, great. And there was no recording of it. They did not have at the time anything in their system that tracked that live Sirius XM highway stuff. So it was all just what the person said in the email and then what I would say would happen. Somebody put it on YouTube. Oh, God. Somebody had sat there and was giggling in the car at me and, and had put it on YouTube. I found it. I don't even know how somebody on Facebook might have put it up, yep. sent it to my boss and said, this is what happened. And I got two days suspension without pay out of it, but I was shitting my pants. I mean, oh, just pretty like, good, I, pretty good. Uh, yeah. Pretty good punishment. Like just shitting my, and it was certainly what could have been a lot worse, but it's, um, it speaks to the power. Yeah. It speaks to the power of that channel. Honestly, like it, it speaks yeah. to how big, buzz and stormy and like all those guys it speaks to how big that channel truly is honestly enormously powerful channel i i noticed it this past weekend um did you go to the race did you go to the indycar took my four-year-old yeah yeah i i went for a little bit not not long it was so damn hot but the highway was everywhere it was on alio or helio kestroneves car there was a great pink highway yep uh, logo. I think Buzz Brainer did a show from the pit, from the paddock area on Friday. I mean, they're kind of everywhere. Yep. They're kind of here, there, and, and, and everywhere, and, and pretty big. So yeah, and where you'll really be amazed at their power is in the industry. Like I, I've heard people like Scott Borchetta, um from Big Machine talk about how if you can get the highway to adopt one of your artists, it's it's huge. So uh, I, I know I, I need, I've been told about traveling stories and that there yes. are, I need your best traveling story. I would have to be Omaha. <laughs> um, can I tell this? Is it okay? Um, sure. No. Yes. No, go for it. I can, I can go to Jasper's everybody. That. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, I don't know if I want to tell it. No, 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 no. You've queued it up now. <laughs> so this does not include... Um, yeah. This Do does I tell not, it? No, hang on. So this would not include you ditching the Final Four in 2007 to go to an American Idol concert in Atlanta. 
which I was there with you for. This you know would... what? I'll give you my best Final Four story. Hang the on, hang final... on, hang yeah, on. This, yeah, this, yeah. This, this doesn't include you and I staying out until ungodly hours of night in Sevierville County after the Baker Mayfield Texas Tennessee game. Um, this would not include the, the Lamar Jackson game um, no. when he destroyed Florida State, which we both went to. This would not include your naked best friend laying in a bed at your bachelor party at Hangout no. Fest in 2012. Nay, none of these stories would include any of that. <laughs> this this is a different They would one. not. I'm not a drinker, right? I don't drink alcohol, but I do like cannabis. And we knew somebody that could get some pot in Omaha. I don't even remember who it was. Uh, it was a co-worker, actually, who could get it. <laughs> don't That's who it was. Don't get anybody yeah, I'm not going to say the name, no. Some, and we were done with work after um, – Cut this out. Let's not talk about the pot store. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell another. Let me tell right, another story. Go, all, right. Go to another story. Um, all right. It was maybe the most miserable day of my life that started really good. It was the final four. It was, I think Oregon was playing North Carolina in one of the games. I, I vaguely remember. I was in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, doing some shows that day. And then Glendale was the site of the final four. And I was there and I did a show that morning with Chris Patola and a couple other people. I think Seth Greenberg was on set, had a great time, great show, big crowd. It was fabulous. I mean, it, it was, it was something that we had a lot of fun doing. And then we made the travel over to the game. And we're uh, Spatola and I were the two that were assigned to go to the game and get the post-game audio. So in the locker room after, uh, we got to collect the sound and talk to the players, et cetera. I, but it was a classic Chris Childers moment. I mean, Braden will know. Like, it, it's one of those, like, only you kind of thing. Game's going on. I feel great. feel fine. Watch the game. No big deal. And then all of a sudden, left to go, and I felt a little queasy. I'm like, all right. I, my stomach's hurting a little bit, but no big deal. And this is in the middle. I mean, again, we're in the middle of a dome. There's thousands of people in the media rows. There's all kinds of people around me. Not exactly the best time to not feel good. You're 40 minutes away from your hotel. There's no way in hell you're getting back there. The game ends, and I'm like, okay, let's go. It's time to go in the locker room, time to go to North Carolina. We're halfway through the media session. There's a clock. I, I'm talking to one of the kids. Literally talking to one of the kids. Feel it, look over, see a garbage can, and then just <laughs> right there in the middle Carolina locker room at the end of the game. I, you could imagine the scene, right? And it was loud. It was one of those like... <laughs> I then was able to get myself out of the locker room. Spatola's like, what is happening? I'm like, just you got to handle it. Go, talk. So running down the corridor to the men's bathroom, I never saw the second game. I was in there the entire time. Probably the most embarrassing moment of my life because these kids, like, and I think they lost. I'm pretty sure they were the losing team. And I'm just middle like, oh, man, you know, great season, but, but you know, how proud are you of what you guys have done? And then just let it go. So that was wow. one of the more memorable moments of my <laughs> illustrious career. 
and and not as and still not as queasy as when you asked Chip Kelly about NFL rumors no. at, at the festival. Yes. <laughs> that was an all timer where he just kicked me off the stage. I, I he, it was Black Monday and he was getting ready to be hired by the NFL, but he's such a dick at the time that he didn't want to like address it or like even have fun with it. So I was making a joke with him about Colt Lairla, which Colt Lairla had a lot of issues that not all of us knew about. Got really defensive. He's like, I don't even know you and kicked me off the state. And it became like this whole news story. Not like a story, but people like, I remember they showed it on the Kansas City News. I was like, well, that's lovely, right? I'm embarrassed as hell. I'm 25 years old, whatever it is. Great payoff though, is that years later he had a conversation with new heisel and knew that i hated him. somebody had told him that i didn't like him got my phone number on the night of my daughter's birthday we had just got done singing happy birthday she blew up the candles and i get a phone call and it's chip kelly calling to apologize five years later for <laughs> kicking me off the stage at the festival it was pretty epic well we'll end it on that note chip kelly singing happy birthday to childer's daughter uh, thank you so much for all your time, dude. We can, we've got lots more stories we can tell at another date. We'll have you on uh, the science of radio. Lots of psychology going on here <laughs> on this yes. episode. Uh, so we do, we do appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thanks, dude. All right. See you guys. Thank you. That was Chris Childers of SiriusXM, host Full Ride with Rick Neuheisel, of course, on Channel 84. You know, I he and I, as you heard, got our start in the business together back in 2005 in Maryland Farms for about 20 grand a year, working on the first ever college football national radio show in the history of this country. We're very proud of those years, although maybe not necessarily proud of our behavior towards each other. <laughs> um, so uh, it, it's been a it's been a pleasure to know him and learn from him and to watch him grow in his career and um think- something something we something we couldn't we we couldn't we didn't get into because we we didn't have time but uh if you're if you look at if you look on, on a video clip of this uh vernon hills where where our man childers is from is a north side suburb in chicago there's a big fat frank thomas mm-hmm. jersey back behind him indicating his allegiance to a certain south side baseball team yeah, oh he is socks all the way yeah he yes. is socks yes. all the way yes uh, i we, we didn't have time to prosecute how this happened but uh <laughs> maybe it maybe at a future date uh, he can he can explain himself and the rodman jersey I, I, you know if you're a bulls fan and you're and, and you know and, and then you're a bulls fan of the 90s teams and you have an, a, a Rodman jersey. I think that says something yeah. very specific about you. So, uh, I yes, it does. And there's many things I could say specifically about Chris Childers. Um, but we'll save that for another conversation because he and I could do this like three more times and still not to get all of our get get through all of our stories and information. But I, I think the most important thing that I take away, first of all, his just pure unadulterated passion and love for college football his early years of preparation for his career, again, doing public access television in Chicago at age 11 is is what it requires to to be successful in this business sometimes. So I just, again, those are two important lessons. Never change the, the peer love that you have and get started early. But I think th- the other thing that I, it took me years to realize and then having to do local radio to figure out, which is that 
Sirius XM satellite radio was sort of podcasts before podcasts were a thing. And now they're sort of this middle ground between podcasting and traditional radio science. And I think he did a great job of explaining it because what it, because if you are listening to that channel that he is on, you are already a, you've already narrowed your audience to diehard college football fans. And just like MLB network radio or NFL radio or golf radio, PGA or hockey, NHL radio or whatever, you already kind of have some niche there and it allows you. And for me, for 10 years working for them, Steve, it allows you to, if I want to go deep on the Baylor quarterback battle for an entire segment, I can do that because that's what I know that audience cares about. I still need to do it in an entertaining way because it's still radio and you can still turn the dial, but I've sort of already called the audience and I've got time to do that. I can't do that when I host on ESPN radio. I, if I, I can spend a minute and a half on the Baylor quarterback battle and what it means for the championship race. And then I've got to move on. We, and that's the difference between satellite radio, which Howard Stern created and invented basically and, and regular terrestrial radio. Well, he, he certainly, he certainly made it, uh, you know, they were struggling, they were struggling in the, in to, before they signed Stern and, and brought that kind of dedicated audience over. Uh, you know, the, the question, uh, the question for, for me with satellite radio, and it's one of the reasons why we keep a, a keep a subscription in one of our cars is that, you know, we, uh, the issue is that, is that we like the specificity of, yep. Yep. of the, of the channels and of the, the, you know, whether it's on the music side, where you can find uh, like <laughs> if we're on a, if we're on a road trip and we want to be amused for an hour or two, sometimes we'll listen to like the yacht rock uh, station. Just, 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 just to hear, just to hear some like terrible songs from the seventies that make us laugh. You could just listen to one of the like four comedy channels. If you want to laugh, <laughs> you could, you could do that or you could listen to, I mean, there's a whole bunch of like news and politics. Don't do yeah. that. Uh, but uh, well, but I think that's the point. Like if it's NFL season in the playoffs, I want the NFL channel. If it's right. major league baseball, I can go to the major league baseball channel. If it's a big election week, I can go to NPR or to a, a big news channel like that. It is a, it is a podcast network. Yeah, and 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 here's what's cool about Howard Stern. Not only did he sort of invent shock jock radio and and changed radio forever, he sort of invented the podcast by doing an hour and a half long show on Sirius without taking a commercial break. That's a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so he Howard Stern is. I don't think people realize that Howard Stern has essentially defined almost all media. <laughs> I, I think he would call himself the king of all media. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, Series 6M, uh, great show, full ride. Check it out. Chris Childers does a great job. He's awesome, dude. Loves college football more than anybody I've ever been around. And uh, very, very talented guy. Very funny dude. And man, do we have a lot of stories that we cannot tell on the air. Um, all right. I, he, I tried to get him to do the one, but he he, he kind of bailed on me there. Um, all right. Quickly, Big Ten. ESPN is pulled out of the negotiating rights for the Big Ten. They're trying to sell it, the Big Ten, to three different people. They already have first-tier rights sold to Fox. They're trying to sell second- and third-tier rights to somebody, probably CBS and NBC, but also potentially some streamers are involved in this. Um, and then the trickle-down would be what happens to the Big 12 and the Pac-12 after that part of it gets sorted out. But for the first time in 40 years, starting next year, ESPN will no longer be broadcasting Big Ten football it, it was ironically the reason football grew in the nineties was because of their partnership, the big 10 with, with ESPN. Um, and it raises questions to me about like the quality of the broadcasts, honestly, because I think CBS and NBC do college football broadcasts better than ESPN and Fox and ESPN and Fox are taking over the sport, which, which I find interesting. Hope they don't bring Vern back just to do a big 10 game. That would, that would, that would feel like that would, 
that that would that would feel sacrilegious. Well, and the Big Ten fans have not seen or heard Gary Danielson in a long time because <laughs> he used to be on Big Ten broadcasts, and now he's got, now he's sort of like a, a <laughs> like an internet like punching bag for SEC fans sometimes. Sometimes, but he's a Purdue grad, so if he goes back to the Big Ten. I don't think they're going to recognize their old boy. <laughs> I don't think they are either. I, I I think that this is I think this is a this is a really interesting dynamic. And you know the only reason that this dynamic exists is because of USC and UCLA. Yep. I mean, yep. w- without those two kind of marquee names, I don't think the Big Ten package is worth nearly what they think it is, and and what they what they may get out of you know that second tier and third tier partners. You know, for for just for game diversity, I I would love to. You know, I, I wish some of those games were on ESPN, um, because you know it's easier for me with an, as a as an ESPN subscriber and you know somebody who's who watches some of those yeah, but games. The games the but the games will be produced in a higher quality way if they're done by CBS and NBC. I don't I don't dis- I don't um, necessarily disagree with that. Although I mean, they set the bar pretty high. CBS NBC does. well M- well NBC one will always be Notre Dame. Uh, I mean NBC two may not may not be as well but here's here's how it's going to work just just walk with me here through this really quickly and i'll try to do it as fast as i can you're going to have big big 10 east matchup ohio state michigan penn state you know wisconsin michigan and iowa at noon on eastern time on fox then you're going to have the 330 time slot that will probably be some sort of big 10 west matchup right you'll have nebraska wisconsin or you know, one of those types of matchups in sort of the middle of the conference in that 330 slot, then you're going to have the big USC or UCLA matchup on the night slot where it's going to be, again, you could have Ohio State, Michigan and Penn State, USC and Wisconsin, Iowa as those three games as tier one, two and three for that weekend. That's three pretty monumental games. And the Big Ten is going to make more money than the SEC for two reasons. There's more people in the Midwest, but also they're going they're splitting it up to to three different people. So selling it a la carte, they're going to make more money. So the Big Ten actually is going to make it more money than the SEC, and the SEC right now is totally fine with that. I I, I can't wait to see how this shakes out because it just means more. <laughs> I do. I will say though that as an ESPN employee, you get to that fourth, fifth, sixth broadcast of ESPN games on a Saturday. The camera gets pretty grainy. The broadcasting team gets a little bit worse. I mean, all, I mean, all that stuff is freelance at that point. And and frankly, the Fox cameras, they're all gray. Yeah. Every Fox, every Fox football. Bro- I love Gus and Joel, but those Fox bro- football broadcasts are, feel like they have not been white balanced. No. I don't I don't understand. Give me CBS and NBC broadcasts all day for college football. I'm good with that. So it's looking it's it, some of those. Uh, if you if you can can dig up uh, like Nebraska, Oklahoma uh, games from the 80s with Keith Jackson, uh, some of those games look dangerously yes. like that. The yeah. kind of the, yes. the the kind of the very mm-hmm. very low contrast uh, colors. It's oh, pretty- Nelly! All right, what you got for the pe- the good people here at the end of the product here? So, so I got two things. Uh, one is uh, uh, I, I had not listened to this uh, podcast series that came out a few years ago. Uh, it's called Bagman. Uh, now your mileage may vary on. Rachel Maddow uh, and her show on MSNBC. But the one thing she does really well is she's a very good storyteller. And this is a deep dive into the criminal, uh, the, the in, into the criminal uh, investigation of Spiro Agnew, uh, mm. who was, who was then Richard Nixon's vice president. And it is 
fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. And I remember the news on this breaking a couple of years ago because they had dug up some stuff, some some transcripts out of the Nixon archives, uh, out of the papers of out of the papers of Agnew that are held at the University of Maryland, and out of the papers of the U.S. Attorney, uh, a guy named Mike, uh, a guy named Mike Beal, Beal Ball, one of the two, that that kind of put all of the put all of the story together and all of the behind the scenes story together. It's absolutely fascinating. Listen, uh, they're quick episodes. I think they're like 25 minutes a piece. It's, you know, if you're, if you're out, if, if you got a podcast on while you're yeah. working out or doing whatever else, this is, this is, this is riveting kind of stuff to listen to. She's a great storyteller. I do not particularly watch her show. I am interested though, in Amy Wagner taking over that slot because I think she's very, very good. So Allie Wagner. Yeah. Allie, sorry, great. Allie Wagner. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing? She's very, very good. So I think that that product will evolve a little bit. So uh, maybe I will watch it. I don't know. There you go. So the other thing I need to recommend here is uh, and, and, and I've been I've been waiting to do this because we uh, we've 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 run long a couple of times and cut and cut recommendations. The Bear, which is on Hulu. Uh, I have to say the suits at Jasper's emailed me to make sure that I was watching uh <laughs> make sure I was watching this I think uh, I was and, I think I was on that text thread <laughs> um and it is I, I finally we finally got to it I have the interesting thing about this is if you know anybody who works in the restaurant industry anybody at all watch this and have a conversation with them about it because there are parts of it that that just kind of nail restaurant life there are other parts of it that restaurant yeah. people absolutely lose their minds over yep, uh, yep. Not, not liking it it is undeniably um propulsive there's short episodes they're like 35 minutes a piece yep. in like the it, there's eight episodes total in like the sixth or seventh episode there's a 20 minute tracking shot that is absolutely spectacular I mean, it's like one shot and lip lip gallagher is the star right from from shameless he's the main yeah one of, of them the yeah, yeah. And yeah. It, it's it's so good it's it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna win all the awards. It so. is on our list. There's no question. And uh, to your point, it it gets people fired up on all different issues. <laughs> but but, <laughs> the, the, but the portrayal it like, of Chicago, the portrayal of the restaurant business. It's it's awesome. It is like I one remember. of the most divisive things among the restaurant industry right now. <laughs> it's it, it's 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 fantastic to watch that. All right, I can't wait. The wife and I got it on cue. Suits of Jasper's. Just know we all want to watch it. We're gonna watch it. It's very good. We promise you. And you know what? If you have a tailgate party coming up this season, make sure you check out Jasper's new party catered menu. Their family catered menu. Check it out. Jasper's restaurant. Go right there to the website. Order it, and they'll deliver it right to your party, office, tailgate, whatever it might be. Watch party especially for Steve Cavendish. My name is Braden Golf. Special thanks to Chris Childers for hanging out with us today. We do appreciate all of your support. Rate, review, subscribe. 